0: What You Need to Know is brought to you by Marango Casino, Resort, and Spa. Good times. less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Laura, what up?
1: Oh. All right, guys. So, you know, I like to sometimes share some news that might not be great, and these are not great news. So I read mm-hmm. a story, shout out to ABC7, who put it out about a mother who was killed while crossing the street with her, seven, with her three-year-old oh. son. That's so brutal. they were crossing the street near Dockweiler State Beach, and she, I guess like a car, obviously struck them and she grabbed her son. She cuddled him, and she died on impact. I'm sorry. And um, so they're just kind of asking the public if they know anything. It happened over the weekend. And I just kind of wanted to share a light on the story. You know, if anybody knows anything, they can contact the police. The phone number is 213-473-0022. 213-473-0022. She was in the right passage to cross. Um, again, it was a hit and run, and she's 33 years old, so super young mother, and her baby is, um, they're saying that the baby's okay, the three-year-old is okay, they're expected a full recovery, but now, you know, the three-year-old doesn't have a mom.
0: Uh, that's brutal, dude. Yeah. That stinks. All right, so hopefully someone can uh, step up and and uh, and help there. So that is What You Need to Know, brought to you by Marongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. So, S E obviously has been the hot topic today.
2: Yes, they have.
0: Little did we know coming in today, right? uh, Well, I mean, I feel like one way or another we were going to talk about this situation. Oh, I
2: I fully expected we were going to talk about the possibility of what should USC do, but I did not think that they would pull the trigger this early in the season. Boy, was I wrong.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's okay, (laughs) though. I mean, you know. It just is what it is. But- yeah, I
2: mean, I'm just like I said. I'm, I'm just look. I got it. Clay Helton was on the hot seat coming in. I get that. Okay, but you're two games into the season, and granted, you know USC looks at itself in terms of its football team, its football program. We USC are significantly better than Stanford. That's how we see ourselves, and when Stanford comes to town and beats you down the way they did. I mean, I don't think this is Mike Bone, the athletic director, going, hey, you know what would be a good idea today? Let's fire Clay Helton because you know am no. going to react. He did not want Times. to.
0: Right. He didn't want to. Everybody was screaming for Urban Meyer last year, and he it, said no.
2: This, is, this comes from a whole different place. This is wealthy boosters that say, that's it, we're done. Or, hey, I'm willing to contribute this much money to buy him out, to pay his contract off, et cetera, et cetera. This doesn't come from the AD going, you know what? Unilaterally, I think I've had enough. No, that is not where this comes from today.
0: I I feel bad. I, look, firing someone can't be easy, bro, right? Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I could do it. Like, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not easy. I can't imagine. Like, that can't be, I can't feel good to do it to somebody. Maybe somebody you don't like. But Clay seems like, Clay Helton doesn't seem like someone that many people dislike, like as a person, as we've talked about.
2: It's just, George, in the final analysis the, this is a performance business. Football and sports in 100%, general yeah. are a performance business. And, and the data is black and white. And when you're USC and you are uh, expecting to compete for a national championship, well, the first step in competing for a national championship is winning your own conference. And frankly, USC's football program in, call it the last six or seven or eight or nine years, ever since Pete Carroll took off to go to be the Seattle Seahawks head coach, the program has trended downward. You know, you, you can tell me about, you know, certain records of certain seasons. But well, you're right. Since Sam agree? Darnold
0: took him to the Rose Bowl, that it, it has been downhill since. Yes. Right. And so it's a result-oriented business.
2: It's it's judged based on wins and losses. It's not judged on what your recruiting class was ranked by whatever recruiting service. You know, if, if Super Prep says you've got the number five recruiting class in the country, well, that doesn't buy you wins. So it's, it's wins and and losses that is the data that is used to determine success versus failure and as nice a guy as clay helton may have been his teams were not successful not nearly successful enough for usc if you told me this was an eight win season and you go eight wins pretty good most colleges would take that not usc not alabama I mean, usc belongs in that same conversation historically speaking With Alabama and
0: Oklahoma and Penn State and all these kinds of schools. Clay would be a great coach at Fresno State. Yeah, where the expectations? San Diego State. San Jose
2: State. Yep. Yep. Because if you had an eight-win season at San Jose State. Regularly. You could stay there as long as you want. Correct. But the problem is you'd be using that as a stepping stone anyway. USC is not a stepping stone. When you get to USC, you've made it. Yeah. And it just wasn't good enough.
0: No. No, no. And it stinks, again, because I like the guy personally. But, yeah, I mean, this is just the reality of where they are right now. Um, Laura had that sad story um, that we, uh, you know, hopefully can find someone that can help out with that. But real quick, speaking of sad stories, so I was flying back yesterday from doing my NFL game. Mm-hmm. And, I look, I travel a lot, you know. You, you, you guys know this. And this was a first for me. So we're boarding this plane in Houston coming back to LAX. Time is. This? Um, huh? What time? Uh, 5:45 Central Time, so 3:45 Pacific.
2: Okay, okay, you've made it, no problem. Game ended. You're not in a rush to get to the airport. You no, no, have...
0: I got to the gate. We're all good. Okay, got it. Uh, I get on the plane. hmm we're, we're boarding. Almost done boarding, and all of a sudden, there's an announcement that says, "If there's anyone on board who's a doctor." Please come to the middle of the plane. And oh, no. I've been on a plane where a guy had a heart attack and that happened and we had to land somewhere, like emergency landing. So, like, I, I've been there before. So I thought, oh, no, what, you know, what could be happening? At least, thankfully, we're still here at the gate, you know, like if something's happening with a person. And then they get on the thing, on the announcement and say, it, and especially if you're a veterinarian, I'm like, oh, no. there I saw about three or four different people bring their dogs on. Dude, I look back. There's a guy doing CPR on his dog. Okay, oh, no. it's like, some, like a French bulldog. I don't know if it was a French bulldog or bulldog. It, it just it looked like a French bulldog from far away. I wasn't close enough to see, and I'm going, oh no. And I thought, like, did the dog have a heart attack? Did the dog get drugged? Maybe you know, sometimes people drug their dogs to get on planes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And this dude is going, and he's trying to revive the dog, and everyone's like looking, like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And the the his girlfriend, or, or fiance, or, or her wife, I don't know, was was there, and she you could see like her face, like she's like fr- like freaking out on her face, even though she's not outwardly freaking out. And then the dog died, dude. Dude. And the guy, like, just distraught, gets up, goes to the bathroom, lavatory, washes his hands, comes back, picks up the dog. The dog has passed away. He walks right past me, and they have to get off the plane. It was unlike anything I'd seen in my entire life. Like, it was wild.
2: Wow. Now, when And somebody, I felt
0: so bad for them.
2: Yeah. When somebody delivers CPR to a dog, they pump the chest like they push on the chest. Did you see them doing that?
0: They did, yeah. I, saw, I mean, from a distance, I wasn't that close, but yeah. How about mouth-to-mouth? Mouth, and I'm not joking, I didn't seriously. see the mouth-to-mouth, Scott. No, no, I did not.
2: I mean, I don't know, CPR for a dog. dog, you know?
0: Yeah, not, I don't believe it was mouth-to-mouth. At least I didn't see that. But I saw uh, them doing the compressions, yes.
2: Ugh, what do you do then? Like, you get off the plane, you're like, yo, I got my dog, my dog is dead. Yeah, what do well, I,
0: do? I, I mean, right. Like, I mean, hopefully they lived in Houston where at least, you know, they could take care of that in their home city, and they didn't live here where then all of a sudden you have this challenge it was wild like it was on un- i felt so bad for them like i've had like i'm sure you know plenty of people here i've had to put animals down it's not the funnest experience let alone a dog or an animal dying on you like that yeah. in such a sh- public strange place like that
2: you so. imagine if they were like this they were like hey don't worry about it we're good we'll put the dog back in the crate let's just let's just get going let's go wheels no up. you had no. no
0: the airline would have never let
2: yeah that. <laughs> i mean let's go we'll deal with this when we get when we get to la we're, we're good yeah.
0: Yeah, never. They would have never let that happen. But, yeah, we had to, you know, and obviously they had to clean, and sterilize the the area where the dog was, in the, which was in the aisle or whatever. But, yeah, it was, it was wild. Oh, Unlike my God. It's answer. like
2: one of my worst nightmares. I literally think we have a French bulldog. This oh. dog is seven years old. And he's, he's, he's a little older, but, he, you know, he, he's just gotten fat. Really, more than anything, yeah, you got to be careful,
0: man. I have yeah. had my brother in law has a French bulldog. They had to give a knee replacement surgery to.
2: Oh, dude, dog. I will not do that. I will not do that. And I have pet insurance on this dog, but I will not pay to have a knee replacement on a dog. I just I can't do it, you know. Um, but like this dog, you can't take this dog for a walk anymore because you know it, when it's hot outside, this dog will pant and breathe so hard. And you gotta got to get him on
0: exercise. Get yeah, him on like a treadmill.
2: And he's gotten like he's kind of gotten doggy fat, you know. And all I think about like my worst nightmare is. When this dog dies, dealing with my three daughters who are gonna lose their minds over this dog. Because they love this dog Of course a thousand times part more of than the they family. love me. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. Of course. It's they part of the this family, dog. man. Yeah. I know. That's a uh, sad right, story, George. That's crazy. It was nuts, man. I was I felt so bad for them. Let's go to David in LA He wants to talk about USC, speaking of nuts and what's going on.
3: Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Yo, yo, hey. what's up? Well, I didn't, I'm didn't. i a UCLA alumni, but I still didn't like the firing of Clay Hilton, but I really got a suggestion for a coach. I'm going to take a page out of the Jerry, late Jerry Coleman's book. Hire Bill Patsky. He has all the answers to everything of U.S. City. <laughs> Why not hire him? No, I remember what happened with Jerry Coleman. After one year, he said, you can take this job and shove it. Hire Bill Patsky. If he fails, he's got no one to blame himself. I'm serious. He, I read, it, read his column. He's got all the answers.
0: Be nice to Bill. Um, The Bill's paid to have opinions, David, and thank you for the call. He is. That's what he's paid for.
2: I got to tell you something. When I read this article the other day, this column, excuse me, Bill, column, not an article. Excuse me, Mr. Columnist, rather than a reporter. Pardon me, please. But when I read this column the other day about fire Clay Helton now, I thought to myself, wow, you know, um, that's the kind of thing. Where if you're USC, if you're their athletic department, if you're one of their big boosters, like you read this in the Los Angeles Times from one of the more respected uh, longtime columnists of the of the region. You're like, damn, I mean, this is hard to recover from. It really is. And and, you know, George, when you put it all together, SC gets crushed by Stanford. UCLA is 2-0 and with a win against LSU, regardless of whether this is Joe Burrow's 2019 LSU National Championship team or not. They're still an SEC school, and most people thought that LSU was going to wreck UCLA, other than those in Vegas who apparently knew more than the rest of us. But seriously, like everything is going right for UCLA at this moment, and everything is going wrong at this moment for USC.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's a we, we're living in like a bizarre world in college sports here in, in LA uh, right now. College football for sure. Let's go to John in Pasadena. John, what up?
3: Hey guys, uh, I'm a doctor, and if if they call me for a dog, I would have no idea what to do. You know, right? Honestly. right. But that's um, another thing. Like if if, yeah. if there
2: are a doctor on the plane, you're like, yeah, I'm here. What do you need? Like, yeah. yo, there's this dog. Like, it needs uh, resuscitated. You're like, I'm a doctor. I, I wouldn't know what
3: to do. That says it all. The last caller says it all. He's a UCLA guy, and he wants Clay Helton to stay. That says it all. Every, I've been a diehard since I was a little kid, uh, FC diehard. And every team that came out under Helton was flat. Darnold saved his job. Yeah. These guys, the last three years, he's been there three years too long, came out flat, unorganized. They were penalties left and right. He's calling timeouts for no reason all the time. And then look at the difference. Saban went after the game, the loss to Stanford. He says, well, our kids played hard. They came out as, you know, we prepared them. And then Saban, they win like 46 to 16 or 17. And he's on saying, well, I'm upset because my guys came out flat. Well, look at the difference. FC is in the same category historically as Alabama. They need a coach like that, not a guy that's pulling the recruits down and keeping the talent down. There's way too much talent on this team to be competing with Western Michigan and winning in the last few seconds Utah's coach he takes 2 and 3 start. 2 and 3 stars and makes them incredible we have four stars and five stars and we're barely competing with these teams when we play Ohio State we get blown out of the water Gentlemen, God bless you and have a wonderful evening.
0: Yep. All right, brother, appreciate you, John. Yeah. Take care. 710 ESPN if you want to hop aboard 877-3776. Let's get on some positivity here. Let's uh let's get on the Rams and what went down. Uh we're gonna do a full NFL recap in the last segment. Uh, but we got, and don't forget, Big Deal No Deal at 6.30, everyone's uh, favorite segment, the most popular segment on this show, each and every day at 6.30. So all that's coming up. Stick around. We're back in a couple minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to 1% one thousand dollars in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win download ESPN bet today what a play
4: must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details
0: I mean Chris really put some extra emphasis on that he one you know what I'm saying? he
2: really did hey listen let me tell you something George about Matthew Stafford we know what he was able to do with a terrible franchise in Detroit he was able to, first of all, stay in the game. For a guy who was hit as many times as he was, we know what kind of tough guy Matthew Stafford is. We also know that he is fully capable of putting up huge numbers. What we weren't sure of is, is he a winner? And here's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. When Tom Brady shows up in Tampa Bay, everybody says, oh my God, that's Tom Brady. Oh wow. my God, that's right. that is Thomas Brady. Correct. No different than, by the way, when, when LeBron James showed up to play for the Lakers, and everybody who was on that Laker team went, "Oh my God, that is LeBron James. It's that sort of impact. Matthew Stafford doesn't have that because he doesn't have the wins. Right. So, the, so the questions he about, played for
0: a terrible franchise. He did.
2: But listen. By he, the way, you yeah. know who
0: also played for a terrible franchise and Tell ended me. up winning a Super Bowl. Tell me who. Steve Young? Tampa Bay
2: Bucks. Yeah, but but Steve Young went on to win a Super Bowl with With the, the Niners, Warriors. being right. the understudy for Joe Montana, but he was he was with the Bucks and was a disaster. Yeah, because the Bucks were a disaster. Matthew Correct. Stafford Correct, just like the Lions are a disaster. Right, but Matthew Stafford played his whole career for the Lions. He didn't sit around watching
0: Joe Montana. Look, Okay, but my point is you can go from a bad team to a good team, and then all of a sudden you look great. Right, and and that's why I've made the comparison more to Phillip Rivers. Phillip
2: Rivers played for a terrible organization, the Chargers. Felipe? Yeah, right. And then he went to Indianapolis, and it was only one year, but he made it to the playoffs. I think Matthew Stafford has to make it to the playoffs, but making it to the playoffs isn't going to be enough because the Rams have already been to a Super Bowl. Granted, they lost, but that's what Rams fans are expecting we've upgraded the position so significantly that we should be able to win the Super Bowl, not get to and lose a Super Bowl. And that's what I think Mm. the expectations are. Mm. You don't think so?
0: Yeah, the expectation should be you win a Super Bowl. But you got to start somewhere, like week one, you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. What do you you want them to do? Win the Super Bowl on September 11th or 12th or whatever it
2: was yesterday? Not not at all. But but, but, listen. Was Matthew Stafford really good last night? Yes. He was he amazing. Was. He yes. Was, well, well, he was. But I will tell you this. I mean, if we're just gonna be real about it, yeah. the reality is, is the first touchdown pass. Are you he gonna through, keep it real? I'm gonna keep it extremely real right now. Okay. I'm keeping right. it really, really real as a matter of Extra fact. real. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The first touchdown pass that he throws to Van Jefferson, mm-hmm. that is a defensive breakdown. The fact that he caught the ball was great. The fact I that nobody hell. touched him down is ridiculous. You don't agree with that? Does does Matthew yes. Stafford get credit yes. for the but Bears? Yes, but Matthew not Stafford still made down? an
0: incredible throw to Van Jefferson. It was a they...
2: beautiful throw. It's yes. a beautiful throw. Listen, yes. the the touchdown that he throws to Cooper Cup, the 56-yarder, broken coverage. Great throw, but broken coverage. You still got to make
0: the throw though, bro. Yeah, but you're an NFL quarterback. That's So not wait that a hard second. A throw to make. So let me ask you a question. Yeah, Patrick uh-huh. Mahomes made a what I thought was a ridiculous throw to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Okay? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And that was like a busted situation. Like that pass actually wasn't even that great. Like mm-hmm. Hill stopped, made you know, made the receiver flinch for a second, caught it, and then ran, th- kept running the other direction. So like sometimes it's not perfect. Like right, you want right. it, Like I don't understand what you want well, from no, him. No,
2: no, no. So let me give you another example. I mean, there was another play later in the game where Cooper Cup made a great catch, and then you know yards after the ah, catch C. went Cooper. all the way down to the goal line. They called a touchdown, but they brought it back after review, and then Daryl Henderson scored on the next play. Um, guys made plays for Matt Stafford. Um, yeah. It was a great game. Listen, I, I But those guys,
0: those same guys that made yeah. plays for him will tell you he's a badass and that they they love playing with him already.
2: Well, yeah, because he's a totally different kind of personality and a totally different kind of player than the guy that they had beforehand. And so, listen, here, here's one thing. I will tell you this. Matthew tell Stafford me. got a lucky break. Um, this is in the beginning Bro, of the Bro, you have quarter. just given
0: him three lucky breaks
2: in this segment. Well, I'll give you another one. Because, uh, listen, George, I want the Rams to win the Super Bowl. To, to see the Rams But but do But do you want year, the Rams to win the Super Bowl and
0: Matthew Stafford not to be that good?
2: No, I want them to be great. But you guys you guys are making it seem like I asked questions that were not legit. These no, totally I didn't say it. Questions. No,
0: no, no. Don't do that. Because I, I, not only did I defend you that day, I have also reiterated my defense for you that well, day today.
2: L- listen, I look at things very analytically when it comes to football. And when I, when I see Matthew Stafford with these gaudy statistics, they're mm-hmm. awesome, okay? They he had are. a huge quarterback rating. See? But I can tell you right now that the, the play to Van Jefferson is a terrible defensive play by the Bears. Okay. And the, 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 long well, no terrible Cooper in the cup. sense
0: that they didn't touch him while he was Correct. down, but, st- Correct. but, but he still would have hit, hit it for like 40 or 50 yards. Right. It no was no a great what. throw. It was a great yeah. throw and it was a great catch, right. but it was bad right. defense. And then the
2: 56 yard touchdown to Cooper right. cup, another great throw right on the money, but a broken coverage. And there was nobody around him. It happens. It absolutely happens where Matthew Stafford maybe got his biggest break and he'll watch the film and he'll tell you the same thing that I'm about to tell you uh-huh. third quarter, very first play. Stafford goes to throw a ball, and he throws it directly into the hands of the DB number thirty-three Johnson of Chicago, who jumped up and should have yeah. intercepted the pass. And mm-hmm. it was very fortunate for Stafford that he didn't. Now, here's where Stafford shines. Show me, he, show me, tell me. He made them pay because that was first and ten.
0: Two up, plays later,
2: him. two plays later on third and ten. Okay, yeah. Stafford just has just translating
0: a 19- for those that don't speak uh, English completely.
2: So, right. Okay. He he had a nineteen-yard completion on third and ten and then the, the next play the very next play was the cooper cup touchdown so See. so he had a play on first down that should have been picked he was fortunate it was dropped three plays later he made him pay that's the stafford difference
0: yeah that's the stafford difference he's not jared goff
2: hey by the way shout out to uh justin turner and Corey Seeger. Who yesterday got done after Max Scherzer pitched eight perfect innings and the Dodgers swept the Padres? Shout out to Turner and Seeger who got in their cars and went right to SoFi Stadium so that they could be there to cheer on the Rams. I thought that was really cool. Like you just got done playing baseball and it's it's boiling hot outside. Yeah. You just swept this team. Like go have dinner, relax, chill. No, I want to go to the game. I thought that was super cool.
0: Yeah, uh, Linz, let me start with you. Does it sound like Cap is uh, is? It, not, I'm not saying it's not the correct analysis, but considering the audio that we just played, not only did he have no, because the first time we talked about this, there was one instance where he talked about the Van Jefferson. Now he's pointing out four different things. Do you feel like he's quadrupling down on his on his <laughs> stance definitely? On you're
5: team? definitely doubling down, and I feel like you're doing that thing where you're like, "Well, it's not that like the Rams really played all that good. It was just that you know you I are guess- doing that." Chicago played guy. really bad. Well, totally Chicago terrible.
2: Chicago is terrible. And I'm, listen, guys, I'm just keeping my foot on the brakes on the hype because okay. I just know how it goes. You know, it's a long season, a lot of things got to go right. Matthew Stafford had a phenomenal first game for the Rams, way better than most of us probably ever would have expected, given that he didn't play in the preseason. Way better. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a veteran quarterback. With quality talent around him. By the way, here's another thing. You know, and, yeah. and here's one. This will be on the very, very positive side. You guys tell me how'd you think the Rams' running game looked last night?
0: Not great. They ran for 31 yards or whatever. Which it was. gives
2: you, which which tells you even more about Stafford because all they did in that game: Daryl Henderson, 16 carries, 70 yards. Robert Woods, one carry. Sony Michelle late in the game finally got a carry. Matthew Stafford in the passing game. Carried the Rams to victory when it they did. had no running game and no play action game to speak of.
0: Yeah, to victory formation.
2: But I will say this, and this goes back to to Sean McVay. I what thought will you of, say? One one thing that I thought he did very very well yesterday is yes. back to a lot of misdirection runs and a lot wow. of confusion at the, at the point of attack because Robert Woods that one carry it was only seven yards. But it was like he came from way over here to the right and zipped right through the left side of the line. I mean, it just seemed like the defense had no idea where people were going, and that was the beauty of the McVay offense. Going back about three or four years ago, is all this misdirection and confusion. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. I let, let's let's confuse people less, uh, to and have some fun on the other side. Are you ready to have some fun? Because it I am sounds very like, ready. Okay. Because you know we're we're doing this thing where I feel like we're not giving Matthew Stafford a lot of credit here. You're giving McVay credit. You're giving a lot of people credit, but not Matthew Stafford. You're giving
2: Matthew Stafford a ton of credit. 20 of 26, 321, three touchdowns, no picks. Beautiful. Vamos a ver. Hater. All
0: right.
2: Ooh, louder. No hate. Not even close to hating. Gotta hate. (laughs) Don't hate. (laughs) Not even. I'm not. Don't hate. Celebrate. That's what I do. Celebrate.
0: Exactly. Gracias. There we go. All right. Big deal, or no deal. Everyone's favorite segment coming up in just a second.
4: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
0: Speaking of big deals, it's a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friend Sam and Ash. Yep, call them at 800-304-2000. That's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. What's right, Linz?
5: Well, last night, as I'm not even sure if you guys know, was the MTV VMAs. Remember when that used to be a big thing? Well, Madonna, the queen of pop, you know, she made a surprise appearance during the opening where she was honored with a tribute for her career. Well, at 63, she confidently showed off her body and her her booty and her legs in a one-piece thong, bustier, and she had, like, some heels on with black fishnet stockings. Then when she walked off the stage, people could not believe how defined and considerably plump Her butt looked when a lot of people, you know, they just went on social media and they could not stop talking about it. They want to know if Madonna got butt implants. Uh, One person said, oh, grandma, just stop now. Did Madonna get butt implants? Another noted, what in the Kardashian is this? When did Madonna get that butt? The next remarked, Madonna's butt looked heavy as hell. Is a 63-year-old Madonna allegedly getting her butt surgically enhanced a big deal or no deal? Cap.
2: I'm going to say it's no deal, but by the same token, I'm also going to say that looking at the pictures, that doesn't look like something that you can do with your diet or your exercise regimen. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how many chefs you have or how many trainers you have. That definitely doesn't look real to me. And so to me, it's no deal that Madonna at 63 years old or whatever is going to walk on stage wearing this thing. She wants to look as, as good as she can look, and, uh, and I think she looks great. So, real butt or fake butt, that's a great butt on Madonna.
0: <laughs> uh, it, 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 you know, look, she's never had it that big, that kind of junk in the trunk, you know what I'm saying? But um, it is a big deal because it is um, certainly new. And got attention and that's what she wanted and good for her if that's what make her feels good, makes her feel good. Just like I said with Drew Brees the other day, Linz, when you asked me about Drew Brees' hair, I'm like, yo, man's hair is sacred. If he wants it to be fuller, good for him. Lauda, what do you think?
1: I love her, butt, and she's how old and still looking like that? Like get it queen. Sixty three. Oh, she's like Yeah, get it queen, okay? Sixty three? Is that what you said? Yeah, she's sixty three. Yeah.
5: That's kinda like what I, I just kinda wonder. You know, like cap said, it definitely does not look like she could have achieved that naturally, so it just makes me a little bit um nervous, I guess that a sixty three year old is messing around with whether she got butt injections or implants or whatever. I feel like that age, something like that is like very dangerous. I mean, it's dangerous as it is. It's like those butt enhancement surgeries are super dangerous as it is, but being sixty three woof I don't even care I don't even
2: think it's surgically implanted. I actually think it's one of those. Like rubber butts that you get for <laughs>
1: Halloween, you know oh, it's all part be. of her. It's like all part of her Like the ones I told you guys about.
4: Totally <laughs> yeah, could be.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She looked good, man. Do you boo?
5: Yeah, you know I it.
0: agree. You know, do it. you boo? What's next?
5: Right, the Broncos are expected to be sold in 2022, according to a report from Front Office Sports and Amazon founder Jeff Bezos and rapper slash businessman Jay Z keep popping up as potential candidates to buy the team. Forbes recently estimated that Denver's NFL franchise is worth $3.75 billion, and the team would likely have an even larger price tag if it were put on the market. So the Broncos are not currently for sale, but that's expected to change in the next year. Is Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z rumored interest in buying the Broncos a big deal or no deal? Sedano.
0: Oh yeah, big deal. I mean, listen, first of all, There's only 32 of those scarce assets known as NFL teams. They're worth billions, uh, and they consistently uh, continue to ascend in value. So the fact that any one of those guys um, gets involved is a big deal because Bezos, obviously for his uh, history with creating arguably the largest, uh, maybe not arguably even, the largest company in the world, and Jay-Z for breaking down a bunch of different barriers Uh, in the music industry and beyond. So I I think it would be cool to have them involved for sure. Any of them or either of them or both even.
2: I would say it's a big deal for this reason amongst many others. But let me ask you guys, you suppose that uh, Jeff Bezos is like, Hey, Jay-Z, it's Jeff. How you doing, man? Bezos. Yeah, yeah. Amazon, right? Yeah, hey, look, um, you want to partner up and buy the Broncos because I don't have enough money on my own. But if you and me put our money together, we could actually buy this thing, the two of us. Do you think Jeff Bezos needs
0: jay-z
5: no he doesn't um not financially not financially
2: that's the key george
5: you're right but he could use
0: jay-z's like credibility with uh, particularly players and things like that free
2: agent players yeah and and creating a buzz around the franchise making it the cool team to want to play for or not just play for but the cool team to root for you know how many more bronco fans there might be if jay-z were an owner of the broncos
5: well, probably not that many because they're the Broncos. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, I think you know Jay Z probably would have to put together an ownership group, and who knows, maybe LeBron or some oh, other no. people like. Oh Oh no! Jay-Z I've already got Jay Z's
2: partner. You want to know who Jay Z's oh, partner who, is?
5: Who is it? Peyton Manning. I guess I, I could. I could. I could see that.
2: Peyton Manning Pey- wants to own an NFL franchise, and um, and so the Broncos, where he won a Super Bowl as his career came to an end. I could see the Broncos, Peyton Manning, Jay-Z, and maybe Jeff Bezos?
5: Probably the coolest NFL
2: ownership group ever, right? Well, and it will be interesting because, you know, obviously Amazon is in play for the Sunday ticket, and what type of business might Jeff Bezos be doing with the NFL? I can tell you guys this, that when the Rams were contemplating moving to L.A., I remember having a conversation with Jerry Jones, and he said if Stan Kroenke did not own an NFL football team, we'd be recruiting him to buy an NFL football team because that's what the Rich Guys Club wants is more rich guys, especially guys who are even richer, who can do more for them and help them make even more money.
0: Makes total sense to me. All right, on to the next one.
5: So a team of scientists and entrepreneurs announced today that they've started a new company that's going to genetically resurrect the woolly mammoth. The company, named Colossal, aims to place thousands of these magnificent beasts back on the Siberian tundra thousands of years after they went extinct. So the plan is to edit elephant DNA, adding genes for mammoth traits like dense hair and thick fat for withstanding cold. The company, which has received $15 million in initial funding, hopes to produce embryos of these mammoth-like elephants in the next four to six years and ultimately produce entire populations of the animals. Is this a big deal or no deal,
2: Cap? I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Seriously, not from you, Lindsay, but from these people that have raised this kind of capital to do this. What happens if they they start to recreate this woolly mammoth population? And then what if the woolly mammoths come and they eat us all, and now there's no more humanity because humanity created all these woolly mammoths? That is so dumb. Why are they doing that? Don't they have anything better to do with their brains? So I'm saying no deal.
5: (laughs) Well... I think, I think the fact that they're scientists and, you know, they've raised all this money, they've got to have some type of plan as far as, like, how this would po- be a positive impact on the earth and the environment and all those sorts of things. Because I feel like if there were any potential for something to go, like, super awry, like Jurassic Park style, I don't think they'd get, like, $15 million worth of investments, right?
0: Well, Yeah, I, I don't know about fr- that. People are crazy, yeah, especially and, rich people. They can and be 15 very $15 is
2: nothing. And, by the way, 15000000 million doesn't get you very far. Fifteen million says that you got an idea, and then you can go to other people to try and find more money, and it never really ultimately happens. People are like, "Yeah, I invested in this woolly mammoth thing;
0: it failed." Whatever. <laughs> I
5: invested in this woolly mammoth thing.
0: Yeah, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Cap is pretty much on the money on that. Yes. Yeah, Laura, do you want to see a woolly mammoth on the streets again or no?
1: Nah, man. Like, there's some things that, that scares me because I feel like my brain goes into like, what else can they resurrect to
5: recreate? That's weird. Hopefully, yeah. dinosaurs. I would love to see a dinosaur, a real no, live girl, dinosaur in a museum. No, no, no I'm I good, do. Dude. I go to museums and I'm just in awe. I can't believe that dinosaurs ever actually existed. Like, I know they no, did, I'm but it's sure. just, no, it's so positive. fascinating. It is. Me. I love dinosaurs. But I keep them dead. Amazing. I don't want them to be dead. Yeah, no, it's all me.
1: good. Keep yeah, them dead. Laura. They're yeah, fascinated in the museum. Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm with Laura. Like, keep them somewhere else. Yeah. So, all right, let's get one more in. One more.
5: All right, the first openly transgender MMA fighter to compete in seven years said that she's been receiving nasty messages after her her debut victory on Friday. Alana McLaughlin fought Celine Provost in a featherweight match at the Combate Global event in Miami. McLaughlin won the bout in the second round, tapping Provost with a rear naked choke. McLaughlin had passed all the medicals, including a hormone panel. required to compete but she's faced a lot of backlash on social media since the fight with many people calling her a cheater saying that the fight wasn't fair is this a big deal or no deal Sedano Uh,
0: it's a big deal because people just it's hard for people to come and I'm not trust me when I say this I'm saying this in a way where I'm not condoning the behavior okay people it is very hard for people to understand what they don't currently understand and i think to make matters worse those same people now are also not only are they not understanding and not willing to understand but they're definitely not willing to be empathetic and they're willing to they want to be jerks about it um so unfortunately it is a big deal because of all the factors that are involved that you read there i just wish people could just not be such a you know what's you know bleep holes for lack of a better phrase
2: not really sure how I, I feel on this one you know i had a friend of mine this is a crazy story uh, who sent everybody in the community an email this is several years ago george and this guy sends an email and he goes look i want to tell everybody that my son who you all know this is like 13 years old has decided he's a girl and we're going to go through with everything we can even as a young boy to help him become who he thinks he really is which is a girl and she moved schools and she changed her name and I remember crying with this gentleman because he said to me, he goes, I'd rather have my son live as my daughter than commit suicide. Like, it's a whole big thing, you know?
3: Yeah, of course.
2: And, and I want to be as empathetic as possible. But when it comes to sports, I'm not really sure how I feel about this. So she was a man who became a woman and then won a mixed martial arts fight. So the body that belonged to a man but has been hormonally turned into a woman beat another woman. Is that the story?
5: Yep. And she had a really hard time finding an opponent, she said.
2: Mm, I, would, I would imagine so. I would imagine so. I would say this is, this is a big deal because I think this is going to be a story, not just this particular one, but others like it, that we're going to be hearing about. And I know people are going to have strong opinions on both
0: sides. Hmm. All right, that is Big Deal No Deal each and every weekday at 6.30 here on the station. Coming up next, uh, Cap's got a shout-out. We're going to do a little NFL roundup. Thank you, Christopher. I like the first one. I didn't, uh, you know, I was able to clean it up on the back end because it was a really long-ass play. And I don't know if you saw that play, Cap, where Brandon Cooks I caught did. that pass in between, like, three defenders and had to wrestle it away. So it took long for me to figure out if he actually had caught it right? right. <laughs> um, because there were three guys with their hands on the ball there. George,
2: I got to tell you, I, I would always hear from people because, you know, Monday night football, when you're doing a broadcast like that and it's the only game in town, um, people would call me from all over the country. They go, "Hey, I was sure. driving down the road and I happen to hear you on Monday Night Football." Uh, the, and he, it would usually be followed with, "You sounded really professional, unlike when you're doing talk radio." You know, right? I was like, yeah. "Yeah," but George, I promise you this, my friend. I sat there Sunday the entire day. I had no interest in Jacksonville versus Houston, but I listened to that entire game broadcast to hear how you performed. And I'll tell you something, man. Um, for your first NFL game broadcast, and I know you've you've practiced and rehearsed. You did a phenomenal job. Now, do you know what the biggest room is? The biggest room.
0: The biggest room?
2: Yep, biggest room. No, what is it? The biggest room is the room for improvement.
0: So oh, let me, yeah, so, absolutely. So
2: let me tell you this. I would grade you a B, and the only reason I'd give you a B is because you can get to A plus status, man. You can. Get oh, I
0: that. agree. I, I actually gave myself a worse grade than that when I was talking to one of my bosses. Like I said, yeah, like C plus, B minus. You know what I mean? Like I, I, thought particularly the second half was far easier because I got more used to the speed of the game and the distance from where we were broadcasting from. But yeah, like the first half, I didn't feel great. Like Trevor Lawrence's first touchdown pass, I felt like I, I was trying to squeeze in too much there. Like the running back kept running in motion. Uh, two different times, and I was going to mention that he was doing it again, and then, of course, the ball was snapped. So uh, I was like, oh, man. that!" I, immediately when he threw it in the end zone and I was calling the touchdown pass, I'm like, oh, that sucks because I was trying to call the, the, the second time the running back was going in motion, and I said his name again and then had to go to Lawrence quickly because he snapped the ball so quickly. Uh, So little uh, details like that, right? That just annoyed me. Did you
2: use binoculars while broadcasting? I did at the the beginning
0: until I figured out like little things I could notice. So for example, Mark Ingram was wearing red gloves, right? Mm -hmm. So when he was the running back, I could then see the red gloves without the binoculars, right? Philip Lindsay wears a white sleeve on his arm. So I knew when he was in the game, right? And the wide receivers I could figure out fairly easily because they're just running by themselves usually with one other guy. Um, But like the running backs and things like that were the things I needed to identify the fastest. So like I just looked through the binoculars to see if there's something that they're wearing that I could identify and be like, oh, that's this person. Well, I listened
2: to that whole game on the ESPN app and um, again, had no interest in Houston versus Jacksonville other than maybe a little bit of Trevor Lawrence. But I really wanted to hear how you did. And I thought you did a great job. And I was really glad that I listened to it. And I've got about eight pages of notes for you.
0: If well, you thank them, you, by the way. Yeah. I, that. yeah, I told you. Yeah, I've got
2: seven pages of notes on last night's Rams game, but I've got eight pages of notes on your broadcast. Okay, well,
0: excellent. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate but you know, that.
2: George is funny because I rarely, rarely ever get couch time. And on Saturday afternoon, I was sitting on my couch. And I was watching a college football game. I don't even recall at this point which game it was. Mm-hmm. And I get a call from my girlfriend who I'm expecting her to come Rachel. back. Yeah, yes. Rachel's in Redondo Beach. And she's going to come to San Diego. And we had an event that we were going to go to on Saturday night. And she said, listen, I am having so much fun. You should come up here rather than me going down there. So I said, okay, well, what exactly are you doing? And she said, I'm at a a festival, a music festival called the Beach Life Festival in Redondo Mm -hmm. Beach. And I didn't even Mm -hmm. know about this festival. So Mm -hmm. you know what? I look at my watch. I'm listening to, uh, I'm watching some football. And I go, you know what? It's 4 o'clock. I could get to Redondo Beach by about 6 o'clock you know what, I'm going to do something completely out of my norm. I'm going to get in the car, and I'm going to go. So I drove to Costco. I got gas. It was on the way. And then I drove to Redondo Beach. And I got there for the later part of the show. This was Saturday night. I saw Men at Work, which, you know, they every song they sang, you knew all the oh, words yeah? to. Yeah, of course. Then I saw Fritz and the Tantrums, who a couple of songs, I was like, oh, yeah, I know that song. And then I saw the Counting Crows, which, by the way, I'll be honest with everybody. Mr. Jones and me. They're boring, right? I mean, they had a couple of songs that you know the words. Otherwise, very boring, the Counting Crows, in my opinion. But the Beach Life Festival, what a location. What a spectacular venue. Yeah, Redondo
0: is beautiful. It was in the Riviera section, right?
2: Yeah, and the corporate sponsorships and and the Mm -hmm. VIP accommodations, which, of course, we didn't have until I got there. And then I'm like, (laughs) this is what I do. Look out here. I'll find somebody. And then, you know, it was great. But it was a phenomenal event. I wish I would have gone back on Sunday, but too much football to watch on Sunday. Great job to that festival in Redondo Beach. I will definitely be back. Beach Life Festival, shout out to you. And I posted pictures on my Instagram, which is not awesome. Lindsay Baseball. It's Scott Kaplan.
0: Okay, excellent. So make sure to check it out. Yeah, listen, the South Bay, has got a lot, of, uh, a lot of fun things going on, you know, even on you know, a non-festival I, weekend. You know? I
2: was on my way up there and I'm like, you know, I should call George and see if he and Kelly want to go. And then I was like, Oh wait, he's calling a football game tomorrow. He's right. Yeah, games. I'm
0: in Houston, and yeah. Kelly was knee deep with uh, children. So, yep. yeah, shame. Yeah. yeah, you guys would have. Had uh, a good time. But, but if there wasn't, we would have gone because, oh, as I you know. know, it's not that far from where we live. So there yep. you go. Yep. Um. But speaking of football games, all right, non Rams, non Raiders division. We haven't even talked about the Chargers, by the way. Who you picked to lose? Didn't you? Well, I rooted for them to lose. Oh, but did did you pick them? Or I thought you picked the Washington
2: uh, football team. Well, I probably did. I would have, for sure. (laughs) I would have 100% for sure picked the Washington football team.
0: Yeah. as I I mean, they got a good defense, that Washington football team, so that's a good win. And look, they... And you you hold on. I remember now, because you were like, oh, 10 o'clock start on the East Coast, yada, yada. Now it's all coming to my head. Yeah,
2: every reason why they should have lost... Is what I came yeah. up with, and they found a way to win. Now, look, Washington lost their quarterback, and I'm they not did. saying that Ryan Fitzpatrick is like you know the superstar. I mean, come on. Yeah. But but they they lost their quarterback in the in the you know in this game, and they wound up they look give San Diego credit. They won 20 to 16 over Washington, having to travel cross country, and they got Brandon Staley in his first game, his first win of his career.
0: Yeah, good for him. And what else did uh, what else stuck out to you over the weekend in football? Since we got up in a minute here, I would say actually less. I've only got like forty seconds.
2: Okay, here's my my. I would say this: um, Green Bay getting destroyed by the Saints was a big shocker, and and the way Kansas City came back because I really thought Cleveland was going to win that game. Those are two things that really stood out.
0: Oh, I knew Kansas City was going to win that game. I never doubted for one second. Just because I I just when it. it Kansas City feels like they own them after the way that went down in the playoffs. Like, it just feels that way to me. Mm -hmm. All right, Scott Kaplan, excellent work as always. I guess you're gone. Uh, Lindsey, Lauda, excellent work. We will talk to you guys mañana. Lakers Talk with the Slee is up next. See you.